It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, Wells Fargo in a spotlight again and not a good one. I got a special warning for you about this giant monster mega bank. And later, a Ponzi scheme warning for you about ways you need to be careful even when you hire somebody who you think is a respected professional. So Wells Fargo, which I have long referred to as a criminal enterprise impersonating a bank, and you know I've always offered Wells Fargo a chance to rebut that and say, I'm being cruel or dishonest or whatever, but there's silence from them. It also turns out there's a lot of silence from Wells Fargo in doing what they were supposed to, to take care of people that they cheated over the years with a variety of things that Wells Fargo engaged in, where they cheated people on auto loans, they cheated people by um, doing identity theft, opening accounts, as if they were the individuals so that people could reach bonus levels and things like that. I mean, it's unbelievable the things that have gone on at Wells Fargo. Well, now there's a brand new report that from Bloomberg that both the Office of the Controller of the Currency, that's a federal agency that usually only kisses up to the banks, and the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau have warned that new sanctions are coming to Wells Fargo because they have not complied with the settlements that they reached in cheating people. It also came out this week in Barron's Magazine that one of the key architects of fraudulent activity at Wells Fargo is claiming the Fifth Amendment, the right against self-incrimination, Hundreds of times on questions asked. And so far, no one at Wells Fargo has gone to prison, not a soul, for engaging in wholesale fraud against customers. This is a company that seems beyond the ability to reform. And you know, I am so harsh on the giant monster mega banks for this reason. These four banks, which are Citi, Chase, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo, are treated as systematically important, meaning that the regulators do everything they can to prop up these four banks because they represent half of banking in the United States. And it has allowed these banks to engage in behavior that takes them above the law. And no individual, no institution, and no organization or company should be above the laws of the United States. The problem is Wells Fargo has proven for the last 15 years, actually 18 years, to be a corrupt, dishonest, crooked, criminal organization. And I want you to be aware that this is a company that does not have your interests at heart, has not even, after getting caught red-handed, doing one illegal activity after another, has still not followed 
the rules that they agreed to has still not paid people the restitution that they were owed. And this is a company that I believe you should be very careful continuing to do business with if you already do. And if you're looking for a financial institution, the thing today is why would anybody go for your basic banking to a giant monster mega bank where they get up every morning trying to figure out how they're going to pinch your wallet, how they're going to fee you to death? Why would you do that when today there are so many alternatives? You know, it's funny. I was reading a story just yesterday about Fidelity Investments. Fidelity Investments, for the third time this year, is hiring thousands and thousands and thousands of workers because people are gravitating to these financial houses that offer phenomenal deals to their customers. I mean, the, the money is flowing to the places that are looking at the modern era how best to serve people instead of looking in the rearview mirror and trying to figure out how to get in your wallet and take as much money as possible. Why did I mention Fidelity? Because the reality is you don't have to do your banking with a traditional kind of organization. You can use a fintech, you know, a, a quasi-bank. You can, you know, with an app, you can use an online bank. You can use a credit union. You can use a stockbroker you know, a discount broker. There are so many ways that you can do your quote-unquote banking now without being with one of these overpriced dinosaurs. And as for the one of the reasons people stayed with these big banks was because they're ATM networks. I want you to think about how little so many of us use cash now, how often you ever need an ATM, number one. Number two, so many of the alternatives that you can go to for banking offer ATM networks where you can withdraw money fee-free. Then the next thing with the banks? Okay. All right, I want you to think about it. The bill pay thing seems to hold people with a financial institution, changing the bill pays. So I'm asking you to create 45 minutes to one hour of misery one time in your life, changing your bill pays, and if you have any automated withdrawals, changing those so you will be free from the clutches of old school and move instead to modern new school. Now, the final clincher. All right, Krista, I have no idea what you're going to say to this. You may make me look like an idiot. Oh, no. Not possible. Well, I am an idiot a lot. <laughs> How many times in the last year have you had to go into a branch to do something at a bank? Zero. That's right. I mean, people don't tend to have to go into a branch of a bank anymore at all. So having those huge branch networks no longer valuable. Final thing is bank branches suck the life out of a neighborhood. They're open minimal hours. They're built like fortresses. And you could instead on that really cool corner 
have really fun restaurants with patios. You could have cool boutiques, whatever. Anything other than a life-sucking bank branch eating up the vitality of a corner or a neighborhood. Have I bashed them enough? Really? Yeah. Okay. I I have no opinion about this, as you can tell, at all. Well, Jeff in New York has a question that actually involves Wells Fargo. I have a private Wells Fargo student loan locked for life at 0% due to taking a settlement. I give them $200 a month, but my credit tanked. I owe $31,000. I also have a federal student loan at 3.6%, and I owe $61,000 on that. Should I make it a priority to pay off the Wells Fargo settlement and improve my credit again, or is it best to pay off the interest-bearing private loan? I am torn. So, actually, it's an interest-bearing federal federal loan that you have at 3.6. 3.6 is a very favorable rate, but it's obviously not zero. The federal student loans, there's a good possibility that we'll have Uh, It's going to be controversial, but some portion of federal student loans are going to be forgiven, it appears. So I would actually put a priority on paying the minimum on the federal student loan. And even though you have 0% on the Wells Fargo, make that your key goal of paying that off and being done with the private student loan. The other thing with the federal loan is that when you hit at various times in life, people will hit uh, financial hardship. There's a lot of flexibility with the federal student loans that does not exist with private loans. And we had a couple of questions about the T-Mobile breach. Jim in Indiana says, does the T-Mobile breach affect people that are on Sprint plans? Uh, as best T-Mobile knows, this is the funny thing, because I'm going based on what T-Mobile forensic accountants or whatever you call forensic data analysis, whatever they are. Um, They say that Sprint and Boost Mobile customers are not affected by the T-Mobile data breach. And that kind of information is typically subject to change. But right now, that's the word from T-Mobile. And a few people wrote in about this. This is from Michelle in Georgia. I was not able to set up T-Mobile account takeover protection. The service representative and website indicate this is only for postpaid accounts, not prepaid customers. I thought you might want to mention this and add any advice you might have for prepaid T-Mobile customers. Michelle, this is a great question that you brought up. And T-Mobile, for reasons I don't understand, doesn't offer any kind of account takeover protection for people on prepaid plans. So for you, it's like old school, old school meaning in the current era of (laughs) people committing SIM fraud. If you go to dial a call on your phone and you can't, you need to immediately, if it's during business hours, get into a T-Mobile store and see what is going on with your account because that's the likeliest thing where someone has attempted to take over your SIM to try to get at accounts you have with uh, brokerage, 401k, something like that, or outside of business hours, you need to get on the phone and call T-Mobile and see if anything has happened with your account with somebody hijacking your SIM. The purpose of all this is with two-factor authentication. The big 
value to the criminals of the T-Mobile data breach is not so much the personal data, but your actual service on your cell phone that is used with those um, where you with two-factor authentication, you get a one-time use text for access to various accounts. And that is what the criminals are after to be able to change the information on your money accounts and get that money moved out into their hands. Uh, coming up next, he seemed to be above board, but really wasn't. I have a key warning for you about your wallet. People are especially susceptible right now to getting conned and getting money taken from them who are trying to score more money from their safe zone dollars. Right now, money in CDs or savings accounts is earning a minuscule amount and What's happening is that people who are maybe on a fixed income trying to get by every month are looking somewhere, anywhere, for ways to make more money on their money. And that makes you vulnerable to con artists that will pitch you things that supposedly are safe and are going to get you more money on your money. The problem is so often you are in the clutches of an out-and-out crook or what they are selling you is not at all safe. And so I want to start with something that has come up repeatedly, and that is when you see something offering you what in today's world is a very high interest rate, which is something around 4 or 5%, which is funny to say, that that's a really high interest rate. Often these are promissory notes where you are relying upon the promise of whoever you give your money to who will tell you your money is completely safe and you're relying on their ability to pay you. Well, when they don't have money, you don't get paid anymore. And there are times that promissory notes are just sleazy. And then there are times that the offers of big returns on your money are out and out crooked. So there are allegations by the feds against a company called Livingston Group Asset Management, who's also doing business as Southport Capital, also doing business as Horizon Private Equity, and operated by a guy named John Woods, who uh, is a properly registered investment advisor that was promising people, mostly people on fixed income, many times elderly, that when they invested, that their investments were safe, they would pay a fixed rate of return, and that you could get your principal back without penalty at virtually any time. But guess what? According to the feds, and remember these are just allegations at this point, $110 million has disappeared from people's lives because it was a flat-out Ponzi scheme where money from later supposed investors 
was used to pay off early supposed investors. And why do I say supposed? Because you're not truly investing when you go into something that promises you risk-free, larger-than-market returns. So when you know that shopping around for a savings account or a CD right now, the best you're going to get out there is about half a percent. And somebody comes along and says, hey, we got a risk-free thing. We're going to pay you 8% or 5% or whatever. And you can have your money back whenever you want. Every alarm bell out there needs to go off in your head. And it has been true for as long as I can remember. And I think I went, I started doing financial advice in the mid-1980s. And I started talking about these kind of schemes in the mid-1980s. I mean, this has been going on forever, way before I started talking about it. And the key for you to do is to not suspend normal protections in your mind and want to believe and take a chance with something that you have not really thought through that key criteria. If somebody is paying you Above general market rates, there's got to be a catch. Either what they're putting you in has a lot of risk involved or they're out-and-out thieves. Please be careful. Krista? All right, let's get to some questions here. Eric in California says, My daughter is going into first grade, and the school just sent us information regarding student insurance coverage they offer for injury or illness occurring at school. There's also a dental injury rider as an add-on. I'm pretty sure our family health insurance plan would cover any such things, but was curious if you were aware of these plans and if I was missing something that could be of additional benefit to my child. Eric, I do not recommend student insurance coverage. The irony is that you're talking about it for your sweet daughter in first grade. And six weeks ago, we talked about these insurance plans for college students and on the college campus, many times these are mandatory unless you have health insurance. In your case, because you have health insurance, these are plans you should pass on. The advantage of these plans, remember it's injury at school the, or illness at school, the advantage of these is that you're not going to have the deductibles you would have on your normal health insurance that's the end of the story. If you have traditional health insurance, this money is best kept in your pocket. And from Clint in Florida, after hearing that Krista was able to get a 15-year fixed mortgage for under 2%, I just had to try. I used the mortgage calculators at Clark.com and found that I would be a candidate for a refi. After lifting my credit freezes easy peasy, I was able to ditch my 4.125% with an evil monster mega bank and now proudly sport a 1.99% 15-year fixed mortgage. Um, I'll be saving $77,000. Wait, 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 wait. You left out something that Clint said. Well, it's... it's Krista's inspiration <laughs> really made me feel like I could do it. Why would you not say something where somebody was saying something nice about you? It's okay. It's very nice of him. I'll be, I'm just excited for him. I'll be saving $77,000, and it's a great feeling knowing that I can retire in 15 years if I want to. Congrats, and Clint... Clint. 
Clint, congratulations to you. And I saw stats recently, and the percent of people with mortgages that could benefit from refining right now was many tens of millions of people larger than I would have thought. I didn't realize that with the rates being as low as they are right now, that the opportunity for so many people is tremendous. And I know a lot of people have refi fatigue because it's a bit of a grind going through a refi. They ask you for the same documents four times and all that kind of stuff. But it's worth it because you can't make money as easily as you can make money refining a mortgage and what you save like Clint. Good job, Clint. And from Matt in Florida, my son mows five lawns in our immediate neighborhood. I'm concerned about accidental damage that could be caused on the properties he maintains. I believe it's time to get business insurance. I'm a military reservist and my son is 15 years old. What do you recommend? And should we officially create our own business? I'd appreciate any company recommendations you have. Thanks, and I listen to every show in double speed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Matt, we need to explain to people the double speed. So I tend to talk pretty slowly, and so you can save time speeding up the podcast a little bit. Most people speed it up 10 or 20%, not double. Um, As far as your son mowing the lawns as a 15-year-old, This is the kind of liability issue we never would have thought about in the past. But there's too much mentality now about the whole lawsuit thing. As far as uh, getting any kind of business insurance, that may be um, overkill in this case, even considering the mentality of the lawsuit generation we live in. But if you want to check, Contact your own insurer that you have right now because you're in the military, maybe it's USAA, and see what they would recommend in this case for your son. And it may be something that you pass on, but I'm not especially worried about it. The possibility that your son causes damage to a property doing their lawns is so, so slight that I would not be freaked out myself about that. And from Mary, I had a huge credit card charge of $19,000 last month, which I feared would dent my credit score by reducing available credit. So I paid early, five days before the due date. What a mistake. I was on auto pay, so the bank took my early pay, which reduced my balance to zero, then another $19,000 on the due date. It took much effort to get the money back into my account, 13 frustrating days to be exact. Please warn others as this was a dreadful experience and definitely made my husband doubt your and my strategy without realizing the mess I got into. So Mary, I am really sorry about that. So you paid the bill, it showed zero balance, and then the bank drafted the same amount of money anyway? I mean, that doesn't sound like you did anything wrong. It sounds like the bank should not have done that at all, and it was their error. And it's ridiculous they didn't even give you uh, credit quicker than basically two weeks. Uh, One other thing, I don't like to give banks the drafting ability to pull payments from my account. I prefer 
to use electronic bill pay and be in control of the payments that go in. A lot of people with busy lives allow a bank to draft for their uh, balance or do an ACH for the balance. But that in itself, to me, feels like the risky part. If you're really on top of your bills, I'd rather you pay them electronically than allow the bank to grab the money electronically. And you did the right thing. I know in this case, it had a bad temporary result. It did cause a mess, but you still did the right thing. And I want to thank you so much for joining us. Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.